Welcome to the Von Melson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. Chris, good having you. Um, Chris, let's jump right in and talk a little bit about what we're seeing with the economy today. Um, you know, we've discussed a couple of our previous podcasts that the economic slowdown seems to be underway. Um, and then recently, we've, we've begun to see small cap has started to outperform large mm -hmm. cap. Uh, we've begun to see signs of value over growth. Uh, we've now seen treasury yields begin to move a bit mm -hmm. higher. Uh, so the question I, I, I pose for here is, you know, how, how do you reconcile an economic slowdown um, with a market that appears to be continually embracing risk? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and this will play into inflationary pressures as well as, as they ease somewhat. But, you know, as we've talked about, there's a global slowdown underway. And if anything, it, it's actually started to accelerate a bit and maybe becoming a bit more pronounced. But we are coming down from very high levels and the slowdown was very well telegraphed. And so we saw small caps and the value side of the equation begin to underperform as early as late March, but certainly by May of this year, those areas of the market began to correct first. And then as we come into the end of the third quarter, the market was just very bearishly positioned. It, it's been short small caps, it's been short higher beta, um, it's been long the secular growers um, and long the dollar. And what we're seeing now that we are watching the Delta variant and other um, elements within COVID start to improve um, across the United States, uh, we're starting to see a reacceleration or the discounting of a reacceleration in economic activity. Those excessively bearish positions are being unwound. And this is a very volatile part of of the year, September and October, we typically see a lot of volatility around this time of year. You have fund year ends, you have people starting to do some tax planning. So there's just a lot going on. And yes, we are slowing down. We're not, we're not calling for a recession or anything like that. But if we're going from six, seven, eight percent real growth, something, you know, closer to two to three percent real growth nearer term. Uh, but it's clear that the the worst part of the Delta variants behind us and you know, to the extent we can get products, we're going to have a, a decent fourth quarter, and the market's starting to discount that. And those that are over-positioned defensively are now going to start performance chasing. So I, th I really think that's what we're seeing in the market right now. And then let's talk about energy prices, right? We, we've seen natural gas and oil, they continue to move higher. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen some unnerving news coming out about service disruptions that have taken place across Europe uh, and into China. Uh, and so, you know, how do you, how do you think what we're seeing today with with these higher oil prices? Does this differ at all from the spikes that we've experienced in the last two to three years? And um, do you, do you think this is a genuine oil crisis, or sorry, genuine energy crisis? Yeah. So I think the the price spikes we're seeing now are very different than than really what we've seen post 2014. You know, we ended the last secular boom in commodities and energy specifically in about 2011, early 2012. And from 2012 through 2014, there was a lot of speculation and liquidity uh, propping up oil prices. But once we ultimately had that correction in energy, uh, we've underinvested in that area of the market. And I think investors and certainly uh, uh, public policy around the globe has been much more focused on the energy transition and not sufficiently focused on energy security and a combination of policy and price signals were very direct in telling fossil fuel producers for the last several years not to reinvest and to shrink uh, their capex and they did 
meanwhile, the world continues apace with its growth in demand for fossil fuels and will even as we accelerate an energy transition. It's, it's quite fossil fuel intensive uh, to undergo this energy transition. So there was a, a couple of factors towards the middle of the last decade that gave us a little more security than we probably should have. Um, we had shell drilling with a lot of associated gas and a lot of uh, easy production come online. And at the same time, some offshore development projects that were begun mid last decade came online at the same time. So we had plenty of uh, fossil fuel production. And those have reversed over the last couple of years. And, you know, for the most part, there's some incremental gains to be made from shale oil drilling, but, you know, they're not significant and they're not a needle mover. So we're going to need to meet the world's needs with offshore development. And it's going to take much higher prices to drive those signals. So unlike the supply and demand picture in the past where low prices cut off supply to balance the market, we're now in an, in an environment where higher prices are going to kill demand to balance the environment. We're going to be chronically undersupplied. And given the, the political narratives that are out there, governments are going to be forced to have a real discussion around energy security along with energy transition as we move forward. Uh, and yes, we have set the table for a potential energy crisis, and it, it could be significant. Doesn't mean it has to happen. Uh, there's, we're already seeing, whether it's the state of California, asking for permission to restart some natural gas peaking plants. We're seeing uh, letters being written in Germany saying, hey, let's don't mothball some of our nuclear generators just yet. Um, and so, you know, and these higher prices will, will certainly balance out the market. But it does make us a lot more susceptible to weather events. Uh, we're entering a, a solar minimum, so expect cooler trends in the winter. And a cold winter could be a, a real problem for Europe and elsewhere. So I, I do not expect energy prices to be materially lower. And to the extent we have um, anything that disrupts the transport of energy or any significant weather events that spike the demand, we're going to see sustainably higher prices and uh, economies are going to adjust accordingly. Um, on the other hand, you know, one place that we've seen uh, kind of for, the, for a long time sustained higher prices have starting to take a hit, right? And we've seen this recently. We had a rough September just kind of in general with the market, uh, but now tech and healthcare are, are really uh, beginning to roll over. Yeah. Do you think that these are genuine threats to what could be, you know, most folks are calling for a fourth quarter 21 rally? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Again, it, it's the market repricing and, you know, we've come out of peak liquidity conditions. And so that's put downward pressure on the most speculative areas of the market for the last several months. Um, and now what we're seeing with this enhanced risk appetite, you know, investors are, are covering those shorts and rotating into energy and buying banks and where they were short the dollar or long the dollar, pardon me, they're, they're looking at getting short as it continues to kind of fail at key trend lines. Well, that money has to come from somewhere. And it's coming from the areas of the market that have done the best. And for the most part, you know, people own those names because of narratives and they own those names because they're going up. And when they stop going up, you know, you get rotations and you get corrections. Um, I don't think it necessarily means we can't have a fourth quarter rally. I think we can have some fairly violent sector rotation. Again, it's October. Uh, we get a lot of volatility in October. We usually get a sell-off in October. 
It usually bottoms around the second or third week accordingly. So could we get a sharp sell-off in what has been market leadership? Yes. Uh, will they may lag into a fourth quarter rally? That's certainly possible. But I'm not seeing the signs that says we need to be really nervous about the market. High yield spreads are still very well behaved. When you look at volatility measures, uh, if anything, they're starting to set uh, new lows. Uh, in, and they're, they're very mild, meaning volatility isn't breaking out in the more speculative areas of the market in small caps and commodities and elsewhere. So I'm not seeing anything yet that says we need to be concerned about not having a the Santa Claus rally per se. Good. Well, we can't miss Santa Claus this year. Yeah, so. exactly. Great. All right. Good, Chris. Well, thanks for coming on and enjoyed having your company and uh, we'll catch you here soon. Sounds good, Dan. Perfect. Thanks. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.